Black Business University is the authority on black business success and black entrepreneurship, bringing you the latest in strategies, tactics, tools, tips, and resources to help you create soaring success. Be sure to rate the show and, of course, let us know what you need to stay ahead of the business curve. Go to blackbusinessuniversity.com to get your free trial of BBU. And now, here's today's episode. Do I want to give up? What energy do I want to draw back to me? We now welcome Lisa Nichols, a motivational speaker, advocate of personal empowerment. She's a teacher of the secret, the law of attraction. I'm living in my passion. You know, we, we look at better as, as if yeah. something's wrong with now. Yeah. You know, it's. I was just saying that to a friend last night. You need to relax and be in with now. It. Be yeah. with it now. With it. Yeah. You can't just believe it. You can't just sit back and think it's going to happen. You have to get up and do Lisa Nichols grew up on the tough streets of South Central Los Angeles. At age 19, after hitting rock bottom, Lisa prayed for a better life. Today, Lisa's made her fortune, motivating more than 60,000 teens to make better choices with their lives. I learned from my words that I could really hurt somebody, because the day that my brother died, we had got like in a big, big fight. And when they take responsibility for all the things that they now get have an impact on the people that they live with. Parents are blown away. By the age of four, my mother took me to Vanderbilt University Medical Center to go undergo an evaluation by some of the top psychiatrists in the country. I had severe ADHD, central autistic processing delay, and opportunal disobedience disorder. They brought my mother in. They proceeded to tell her that she would need to consider institutionalizing her son. Lisa helped me to really express myself and to get out some of these emotions. I'm excited about seeing where you're going now and uh, the young man is going to be at home with us uh, and be a part of our family again. Motivating the teen spirit has given me the ability to make integrity-based decisions. Shortly after, I grew schedule, you know, it's a restaurant. Y'all get on up, get on your feet right now, Lisa Nichols! We're going to let them get that together. Can you guys hear me okay? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? All right, well, I'm going to stand here until they get the mic system going. Now. Now, now. You know, one of the things I love about technology is that there was a time where there was none. <laughs> so we, we get so attached to technology, and I go, you know what? I do people. You guys can see the video online. It's there. I came to do you. How are you guys doing tonight? In my my body, I haven't slept all night, so it's been an all-nighter, so I don't know what time it is. I've been on so many time zones in the last 48 hours. I've been so excited to be here with you (coughs) because I travel all over the world, and um, I do a lot of millionaire conferences, seven-figure projects, 
and this is the first time it's been for us. I, I am so excited because, you know, as I travel, you know, you go into a room and it's a bunch of people and you see, and we look at each other. You know that look, right? And it's that I see you and I know it's just us. So I was very excited when Fran invited me. Fran, thank you so much for having the vision, my sister. Thank you so much. You guys give it some love. Because until you make something intentional, it will never, ever accidentally happen. You don't have accidental success. Even those playing the lotto had to consciously choose the numbers. Even those. You don't have success, so you have to be intentional. And we've grown up inside of a culture that says, if you're a server, you can't receive. Because then your service must be tainted. Well, you know, if you keep reading, it says we, we, we live in an abundant world. And you can't have be abundant, you can't have a, an abundance of food and a lack of money. That, that's the dichotomy, abundance is abundance. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you because I had to have an emotional shift to money before I became a millionaire. I had to go back and not look at my conscious conversation to money, but my subconscious conversation to money and wealth and what that meant about me. Hello, hello, yes, yes? Now if I say something you like, don't just say yes one time. Say yes two times, yes, yes, try that. Yes. See, that's like, honey, do I look good in this? Yes, yes. That feel good, that second yes is just like an extra something. So to come out today, and I'm not sure how much time I have, Fran will tell me how much time I have. I have more to give to you than I can ever give to you in the time that we have a lot. I have been waiting for moments like this. I teach across the country. I teach entrepreneurs and CEOs all around the world how to take their business to the next level. How to move from owning a job with no benefits to owning an enterprise, to building an enterprise, something that will outgrow and outlive you. If I stop working today, my company will be impacted, but it will still go, it will still make money. They make money when I'm on vacation. Right? That's what we want, right? When you can change the fabric of the lives of those who are coming behind you, my son has a totally different life based on the choices I've made. That's when you're building a legacy. You're leaving a legacy versus a liability. Hello? Yes, yes? And so I want to teach you, I want to give you just a nugget. I have so much I want to give you. So I'm not, I can't give you everything, so I just got to say that. Whew. You can't give me everything, Lisa, all right? So for some of you, you're going to choose, I want to do some more things. And if you do, I, there'll be ways that you can play with me later if you want to do some other things, okay? Let me just say that. One of the things that I realize is that your success is determined by your integrity in four key areas of your life. Most people look at success as financial. Well, guess what? I am a personal coach to, very, to about seven wealthy people, three billionaires and four millionaires, who are not coaching, having me coach them because they need to learn how to make money. They know how to make money. They have me coaching them because there are other areas in their lives that are incomplete. Does that make sense? So let's just start the conversation with your success is determined by your integrity in four key areas of your life. The first 
is your relationships. The relationships with the people around you. There was a gentleman who interviewed um, um, wealthy white men, wealthy men, all of them just happened to be white, but wealthy men who were in their last 30 days of living. Last 30 days, and they were all wealthy. They all had enough money to take care of their children's grandchildren. Not one, not one of the men that they interviewed said they wished they had done any business differently. They all said, what I wish I'd done differently were my relationships. That in their final day, the thing that mattered most to them was the way that they treated their children, their wives, their brothers, their siblings. It was the quality of the relationship that you're going to think about when you're in your transition bed. So your quality of life is impacted by that. The second area is your finances. Do you have multiple income streams? We call it multiple income technology. Having multiple income streams coming into you. They say if you want to have money, have one income stream. You want to be comfortable, have two income streams. You want to have wealth, have five income streams. Only working on two and the other three are passive. Hello, hello, yes, yes? Yes, yes? yes. Let's call it mailbox money. I want to make some money while I sleep. Hello? I had a gentleman who he rattled my cage. You know, sometimes when someone needs to upset you to get you to move. Anybody not know about that? Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, I'm that kind of girl. If you kind of lightweight, I'm like, yeah, all right, all right. You got to uproot me. And boy, did he ever. He said, Lisa, I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret. We're at a conference. There's 24 different speakers. I'm the only woman speaker and the only speaker of color. And he said, I'm going to tell you a secret that no one else will tell you. You are the best speaker out of everyone here. You speak us a shame. You can just do it, girl. You don't look at your notes. You don't do anything. You're just there. He said, but the major difference between you and us is that we are all millionaires and you're not. I said, oh, you got to say it like that? He said, when you go to bed at night, you get a good night's sleep. He said, when I go to bed at night, I make money. Ouch. Again, he said, your homework is to go and create five revenue streams, and then we can talk. Six years later, because I didn't have nothing to say to him for six years. I'm trying, I'm trying to, I mean, he put something on my brain. Do you, you get that? That I want to put on your mind. I mean, he, he upset me in, in a good way, though. You know, he made me comfortably uncomfortable, because I thought I was doing something. No, I was living large in my small little world. Ouch. Some of y'all might have to sit Indian style. I, I came here to step on your toes. I came here to do that to you. I want to love you enough to make you comfortably uncomfortable. So the next time I see you, you somewhere else. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? And I'm not concerned with if you're going to like me or not at the end. I'm committed to you so much so that if you don't like me at the end, that's cool too. That's how committed I am to this. That's when you're in something because it is your calling. It is your passion. That I would be more uncomfortable if I didn't do this than my doing it. And when, you, when your conviction stands stronger than your desires to be light, hmm, 
That's freedom. So last year, when I ran into him again, we were in Canada, and there were five speakers. Again, I was the only female speaker and the only speaker of color. And they were the teachers of the secret for this particular thing. And uh, he came to me at dinner, and he looked at me, and he said, how many? I said, seven. I said, you get a good night's sleep, and I will too, ching, ching. <laughs> ching, ching. You will have people come into your life and pass by you, and they'll drop a nugget on you. Take that nugget and run with it. Don't allow it to just sit there and you pass this intellectual jarble between each other so you look impressive. Run with it. Your finances are very key. The next is your health. This is an area as a culture, as a whole, as a culture, we've allowed this part to slide. I'm just, let's just be honest. We've allowed this part to slide. And then we, you know, we make up for it by saying, don't nobody want no thin woman. <laughs> or whatever stories we tell ourselves. Well, whatever size we are, we have to be healthy. We have to be healthy so that we can keep up with our dreams. Hello? Your dreams don't die. Your dreams don't get tired. Your dreams don't get smaller. Your dreams don't want to sleep. Matter of fact, when you sleep, you dream more. So your body has to be ready to keep up with your dreams. And your body has to be ready to bring somebody along with you who's just starting their dream. You don't have time to be tired. You need to rest, but you need to be healthy to keep up with your life. And then your spiritual foundation. You absolutely have to step into it knowing that there's something greater than you. Now you call it what you want, mother, father, God, Buddha, Muhammad, whatever works for you. But you have something that you can lean on and something that you can pour your soul into that you can allow to pour into you. And you don't have to have a ritual, a process every day at 9 o'clock, but you need to have some part of your day, not your week, not some part of your day where you're releasing, you surrender to the highest being in you. And you ask the universe, use me and get me out of my way so that you can use me. Don't allow the smaller part of me to play big anymore. Use me. I tell people I've said yes to God with knees knocking and teeth chattering. I said yes. Not quite sure what was around the corner. And I know I'm the main one to say, God, I know something's good is around the corner. Can you just show me ahead of time? And that's when faith kicks in because I never got a, you know, a preview. You must always begin with the end in mind. Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that's the best book I've ever read in my entire life. Turn my life upside down. Begin with the end in mind. Stephen walks you through this process where you're walking into this funeral parlor and you see all these faces of the people that you know and you're wondering why they're here. You smell flowers and you hear organ music and you walk to the front of the room and you come face to face with yourself in a casket. This is your funeral three years from today. Stephen goes on to ask you, tell you that there are four people to, be, to speak that day. What will those people say about you? What kind of mother were you? What kind of father were you? What kind of sister were you? What kind of brother were you? What kind of neighbor were you? What kind of business person were you? What will be told about your life? What legacy did you leave? Begin with the end in mind. <clears throat> so I ask you, 
What's your dream? What's your dream? A lot of times we dream broad brush. We dream sort of, this is what I want, but it's too, it's too big. It's, we, haven't, we haven't broken it down to small. We do the broad dream. We don't do the milestones and the action items. We don't do that. You must always dream in detail. So to help you, I want to take you through a process. Now, I don't know if our technology is working now. I, if, if the piece that I have that I want them to be able to um, access is working with the voice, don't play it yet. And if not, I can work with it either. Now I want you to grab a partner. Now, you might want to grab a partner that you don't know, because that makes it even more fun, a new partner for the day. You might want to grab someone you know, but to help you hurry up, I'm going to count from 10 to 1. And by the time I get to 1, you guys should have a partner that you're sitting right across from. 10, 9, 8, 7, Denise, 5, not working. Four. Three. Grab a partner, grab a partner. And if you're standing in the back, stand next to a partner. Two. One. If you need a partner, raise your hand. Look around at someone else who has their hand in the air. Raise your hand up high. Look around. There's two hands right there. There you go. Say, hey, girl, you're my partner. Anyone else need a partner? Anyone else need a partner? In the back, you have partners? Everybody in the room is in the room. Everybody in the room is in the room. You need a partner. There you go. There you go. All right. So, <clears throat> I was asked nine years ago, I was at a, a conference that I was teaching at, and I always sit, whenever I go to a conference as a, as a teacher, as much as I can, I try to sit, because if you want to be a great teacher, you've got to be a great student. <clears throat> So I was sitting in, in the audience and the instructor, Barry Spilchuk, told us to visualize five years from that day. And to visualize that we're driving to an event where someone's going to be honored. And we're driving to this event and all of a sudden we come to this horrific traffic jam. And we start to get nervous. And just picture yourself. You start to get nervous. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. It starts in 20 minutes. I'm going to be late. There's traffic jam. We're going five miles per hour. I still got four or five miles to go. I'm going to be late. And then all of a sudden, you realize that the traffic jam is all going to this particular stadium to see you. Five years from today, all of the dreams that you have have come to pass. As a matter of fact, you surpassed your dreams. Like there, you couldn't even fathom. Like God, could, you couldn't even hold how big it was. It's bigger than what you thought. And 10,000 people have gathered in this stadium to acknowledge you. And you sit there in this traffic jam Realizing that is your traffic jam. <laughs> like, how many of us get a traffic jam? <laughs> and you get to the stadium, and you walk on stage. This is you right here. And you look out to 10,000 people, and you say, thank you. 
And all of a sudden, one voice from the back yells out, No, thank you! And another voice yells out, It's because of you that we can dream again. And you begin to remember your hard journey and all the times you've been knocked down and yet you got back up. And you look at the faces and you see old friends from way back. And you see your children or your sisters. You see lost friends that you fell out of contact with and you thought they'd forgotten about you. They're right here, I got you girl, I'm here what you do. I'm here, I never stop believing in you. And because you did it, you made it possible for me. I think this visualization is also appropriate right now. Because you kept dreaming, you made it possible for me. And you said, I'm going to make sure I hug every person in this room, in this stadium. And you stood by the door. And as each person left, you thanked them, and they thanked you. And you hugged every single person. Does it, Denise, does the peace work? I say to you, close your eyes, please. Friend. Five minutes, just close your eyes. Take on the dream. This is your dream. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow. Your dream. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Begin to fill yourself back in the room. Every great accomplishment starts with a dream. Take a deep breath. Exhale. Take another deep breath for where we are in this moment, in this time, and exhale. Open your eyes. Throw yourself back in the room. Turn to your partner. 
If you don't know them, introduce yourself. And say, wow, that was deep. <laughs> yes, yes? See, we have to remember that your thoughts are forming your reality. The moment you think them, you're sending out a message to the universe that that's what I believe to be true. Good or bad. Good or bad. So when you send out an energy, just know that someone in the universe, something in the universe is working on your behalf. So what are you dreaming about? So let's get clear. Because dreams have to have clarity. Your vision has to have clarity. So I want you, A, you'll be the person who has on the darkest pants. And if you have the same color pants, you're the person who have on the darkest shirt. If you have the same color shirt, you're the person who have on the darkest shoes. If y'all dressed alike, I'm done. I'll figure it out. A, you are going to share your dream with B. I want you to walk out five years, and you may have to walk out ten years. I want you to tell me where you're living. What does it look like when you walk in your home? What do I smell? What kind of aromas do I smell? What are you doing every day? What are you wearing? What you look like? I want to know how is it at the family table? How much joy is it? Now remember, you didn't hit your mark. You exceeded your mark. Remember that? Yes, yes, yes? So I want you now to say, what does that look like? Because when you paint that picture, the universe aligns with you with that picture. So you need to send out your order. If you saw me on Oprah, you heard me say, well, your thoughts are like placing an order to the universe. What order do you want to be fulfilled? So, A, I want you to dream with clarity. Make it big, make it huge, no, make it ginormous. Be outrageous and realistic. Have the audacity to hope. A, turn. I want you guys to turn your chairs face one another so you're fully present. Turn your chairs face one another so you're fully present to one another. So that you're fully present. We go through life giving each other half attention, half energy, half love. Let's be fully present today. Now in a minute, if you don't have a partner, you're going to look real strange. It's your last chance to get a friend. <laughs> All right, A, when I, say, when I say go, I just want you to just start talking. This is, this is where I'm living, this is what it looks like. Um, I have a wonderful marriage, my children, whatever it is for you. B, don't say a word. Don't say, oh yeah, that's mine too, it's not your turn. <laughs> You're gonna get a turn. B, just be there with them present. B, no facial expressions. No, like, don't do this. <laughs> Just be present. Okay? A, five-year vision. Ready? And begin.
One more minute, keep going, one more minute. In detail. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Begin to wrap up. And stop. Take a deep breath. B till A. I believe you. Now B. It's your turn. Make it big, make it huge, no, make it ginormous. Have the audacity to believe that you can. Ready? And begin. One minute, begin to wrap up, one minute. Thirty seconds. Begin to wrap up. And stop. A, tell partner B, I believe you. Celebrate with a high five or a hug. Doesn't that feel good? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Doesn't that feel good? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. See, sometimes we get so busy being busy, we forget to go back up to the dream. We're so busy with the to-do list that we forget the dream. And when sometimes, you know, just take someone to say, stop, tell me the dream again. Keep the main thing, the main thing. I gotta tell you, on January 19th, I was driving down the 405 freeway in Los Angeles to San Diego. I was on my way to a speaking event called The Best Year Ever. And we had an hour to get there, we, and it was maybe 40 minutes away, so we had more than enough time for me to get there in time. And as I'm driving down the freeway in my convertible with my shades, my girl was driving, we listening to some NDI read. We just reminiscing, she, I always joke and say she grew me up, you know, she's seven years older than me and we've been friends for 20 years, so she taught me how to be a woman. Do you know what I mean? 
So we're reminiscing and talking, and all of a sudden, traffic starts stopping. I said, what's this? It's a Saturday afternoon. What's going on? And the traffic got slower and slower and slower to a crawl. I started getting nervous. I said, Sharita, what's going on? We're not going to get there in time. She looked at me. She said, Lise, what you call me, Lise? Lise, what if all these people are going to see you? And I just burst out in tears because I had done that exact same exercise I just had you guys do. And I visualized myself in, in the stadium and I did exactly what I, Barry Spiltrick walked me through what I walked you through. And I just started bawling, not even sure if it was my traffic jam or I'm, I'm just crying at the thought that it could be. <laughs> so I'm like, because <gasps> she was at that same workshop nine years ago with me. And so she starts kind of weaving in and out of traffic because we got to get there. And so she asked this gentleman, she goes, excuse me, sir, can, can we get in front of you? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get in front of him. And he leans his head out the truck. He says, because I'm going to see you anyway. This girl is talking to her friend on the right side, and she's looking, while she's looking at the driver, she's talking and she's talking, and I could tell she noticed me. I was like, I can read her mouth too, just like her friend can. And then this woman pulled up on the side, and it's like 2010 Escalade, and the window goes down really slow. She goes, what time are you going on? And I said, I think when I get there, she said, then I'm going to get behind you because I came to see you. And we were sitting on the freeway on our way to the San Diego Sports Arena. And it was a traffic jam on their way to see me. I turned around in my convertible with my iPhone. <laughs> And yes, I started taking pictures of the traffic jam because I know that's the traffic jam. That, and it's kind of dark, but if you could see it all the way back, those are heads, all the way to the back, and that's me on stage. Um, your dreams, your thoughts are becoming your reality. And in the biggest sense, and I say that because I'm living it. I say that because I know the dream I talked about nine years ago, five years ago, when I was single mom of a three-year-old little boy, and you know I, I didn't have enough money to pay attention at some times. But I had a dream. And I said, I was, I've been put here to inspire people. I know that. I'm not certified by anybody to do it. I'm not. I'm not certified by anybody to do it. But I believe in my heart and soul it's what I've been designed to do. And I cannot rest until I'm obedient to who I'm supposed to be. No matter what. No matter what. So, when we look, yes, yes? Wasn't yes. that cool? I, did. I took a picture of the traffic jam. And it stays in my iPhone. 
When you get to milestones, when things happen, when moments happen, some of you have already come up to me and said, God, I, I said I was going to get to you. I was going to meet you. No matter what, I was going to meet you, right? Some of you have said that, right? Okay, let's take a picture today so you can have that milestone, right? Then you can check that off your, and next, until you have a whole bunch of next, 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 and look, you end up in the White House. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. And guess what? What I love about success, what I love about joy, what I love about possibility is that it's available to all of us. That's what I love about it. It's not partial. You don't get the hookup. Every, every single one of us in this room has a right to it. I just want to know, are you willing to go get yours? That's your cue to say yes, yes. So when we talk about business, because I got to talk about business with you, I got so much to give you guys. Know I can't. I got so much to give you guys, man. I just, I just wish I could. Mm. Some of y'all, let's just play together afterwards, okay? Let's just do that. Let's just play together afterwards, because what I understand this season for me is this season is a season of teaching others how to do what I did. That, that's what the season. Because people make success look like it's, it's, it's mystical. It's not. Do you know what I mean? And it's that scarcity mentality. I'm scared if you get too successful, you're going to take some of mine. Well, I know all mine is available to me. So I want to uncover what people do to become successful at the nitty-gritty level. Is that okay with you guys? The behind the scenes. The, not the dinner table in the dining room, but the dinner table, the, the table in the breakfast nook. That conversation. So in talking about business, I want to ask you a question. What's the distance between you and everything you need. Not just in your business and your personal life too, but let's speak to your business. What's the distance between you and joint venture partners? What's the distance between you and investors? What's the distance between you and new customers? What's the distance between you and new sales? What's the distance between you and everything you need? Someone tell me, just yell it out. Commitment, that's a good answer, but no. Clarity, that's a good answer, but no. It's not the first, this is the first thing. Intention, no. Money, no. Your belief level, no. Plan, no. It's a, did you, he said air. <laughs> like my brother, I can see that already. What's the distance between you and everything you need? Your mind. The distance between you and everything you need is your language. It's that simple thing that's so complex until you figure it out. And you can go years stumbling through a business wondering, what is it? Why don't people get me? Right? How many of us have had that, had that question? And you'll do it in relationships too. Why does, why does he not get me? Right? I'm so easy to understand. <laughs> the distance between you and everything, say everything. Say everything. everything. The distance between you and everything you need is your language. I'm going to give you a short lesson on language because it's so powerful. I really had to decide what would I teach you because I can teach you about investors. I can teach you about you know, capital development. I can teach you about sales. I can teach you about marketing. I can go over all of that. But I thought I would be remiss if I didn't start with your language. 
Because until you can language your business, language your intention, language your benefits, language the W-I-I-F-M for the consumer, then we don't have anything else to talk about. So let's start there. Yes, yes? Yes, yes. So you must be clear, concise, powerful, and quick. What? Say it again. Say it out loud. See, that means not an option, you guys. Some of you are clear, but you wait too long. Right? Some of you are short, but I don't understand what you're doing. You got to be clear, concise, powerful, and quick, and it's a rhythm. It's a formula, and that formula will go with anything you do. That formula has to be applied. It's not an option. It's not an option. It has to be. My son is so cute. My son did my PowerPoint. You know, 13-year-old. Look, he had to do all kind of extra stuff. So, so yeah, I don't know what y'all going to see. Y'all might see a race car going across. But we tell him that he's a part of the company, so we let him do stuff in the company. So, amen. It's his PowerPoint, my 13-year-old PowerPoint. So, <laughs> so being clear, concise, powerful, and quick becomes key. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to show you that you need to deliver a snapatizer. Most of you, instead of delivering a snapatizer, you're delivering a snap buffet. Yes, yes? yes. How many guys can say that it takes you a long time to get it all out and to get people clear what you're doing? Raise your hands up high, not shy, don't be, don't kind of go like this, at least me. That's okay, that's why we're here. One of the best things I had to learn as an entrepreneur was that I don't know what I don't know until I know it. Say that with me, I don't know what I don't know until I know it, and that's all right. See, as entrepreneurs, we fall into that myth that says we have to know everything and fake what we don't know. That's the first way you keep yourself from growing. Go get experts. I have experts around me. I have masters, the best at the best, the best at marketing, the best at internet marketing, the best at sales. I have the best around me so they can teach me what I don't know. And I do what I do. This is what I do. I'm content. I'm content. So I want you to answer the question W-I-I-F-M. While being clear, concise, powerful, and quick. So how many of you have been in business between one and five years? Raise your hand. Raise them up high so I can see. One in five years. One in five years. OK, great. How many of you guys have been in business from five to 10 years? So I can see, I can see, okay. How many of you have been in business 10 years plus? Okay. How many of you have been in business and you know that your business could be taken to another level but there's some things you don't know that you're not doing correctly that you need to learn how to do? Raise your hands up. I see your two hands up, I get it. Okay, okay, great, wonderful. So. Let's look at languaging. Let's look at how you language. So I'm going to invite someone to come on down and speak to your business and tell me what you do and see how you currently are positioning. And if you would allow me to, I want to plus you and add value to what you're saying. May I do that? Are you coachable? Yes, will you be coachable? Ma'am in the, yes, in the breast jacket. Come on up. Yes, yes. Give her some love if she comes up. 
Now, what I'm listening for, now, I'm, I, you guys have to know, when I get in my coaching, I'm very serious. And I decided when I came in today, I didn't just want to do an entertainment thing on stage with you guys. Is that okay? That I wanted to have you hear yourselves. Because hearing me is wonderful, it's fine, but hearing yourself is valuable. How are you doing? Mary? Yes. Mary, thank you for coming up. So, Mary, what I want to do, that's yours. Um, I want you to snap me. Now, snap is to be clear, concise, powerful, and quick. And to tell me what you do. Tell me the benefit or whatever, but tell me clear, concise, powerful, and quick. Now, what I'm going to do, because of how I am, is when, if, if your snap starts becoming a snap buffet, right? I'm going to hold my stomach like this. Okay? That's just to let you know. Just give it to you. Okay, go. My name is Mary, and I provide encouragement and Talk education for people who want to start businesses. I provide motivation for those who want to get more government contracts or those who need business plans. Whatever way I can help a person to be able to be more effective in their business, uh, giving them interviews on the internet, whatever I can do to make them more successful is what I do. Now, Mary did the typical thing. May I use that as an example? <laughs> Mary did the typical thing because we've been trained this way. Mary spoke to her process. And I can pull up 30 people in here and 30 people will speak to their process because we've been trained. A resume asks you what have you done. It doesn't ask you what have you produced in the world. You get that? Now, so it's a slight shift. And when you get this shift, I tell you, you your business can begin to grow just from knowing this, just in your language this way. So, Mary was t speaking of what she does. We still don't know what it has produced, right? Now that's fine, that's fine, but I bet you it'll be a stronger hook to you if Mary told you what she's produced. Make sense? Okay. So Mary, I'm gonna coach you and I'm gonna get you to the end. So, through what you do, how are your customers better off? Watch this. My, uh, my customers, some of my customers are CEOs of companies and they have let me know that I've been able to help them increase their profitability by increasing their government contract business. Uh, one of my customers is a hairstylist and I've been able to encourage her and help her with her business plan so that she can move forward and set up her own shop. So I work with people from a variety of different disciplines and different levels of business participation. Okay. Did you guys see the, hear the nuggets in there? Okay. So if Mary said, through my business, I provide individuals with access to more money, more systems, and more processes to raise their revenue, to strengthen their foundation, and to increase their consumer base. Can somebody get that for me? <laughs> Did you, I just repeated what she said. My language was just different. Do you see that? I could do it with every single person in here. It's just your language. Listening to the what's in it for me. Assuming that that's what you want to know. Make sense? So normally, what you will do is you'll talk about the process and stop right after what, what it produces. So what I will come back and say is, now, as a result of all that, what happens? Do you get that question? Then I'll say, cut out everything else and start right there. Does that make sense? Okay. My company, 
I have two companies, Motivating the Teen Spirit and Motivating the Masses. Motivating the Teen Spirit works with teens, Motivating the Masses works with entrepreneurs and women. Okay? Motivating the Teen Spirit teaches teens how to fall madly in love with themselves and how to make integrity-based decisions. Anyone want to send a teen? You know, anyone know a teen? You know, all of a sudden you're a role, like, oh, I didn't speak to what I do. Motivating the masses grows businesses, self-esteem, foundations, and systems. We teach business people and women how to be the best they've ever been, no matter what. It's just the result, not the process. Does that make sense, you guys? Give Mary a hand. Who's next? Who's next? Are you a speaker? Come on. You know we speakers are dangerous. Hold on, Lisa. I want to tell everybody what I think back over here. How are you doing? Charles, thank you for joining me. Charles, share with us what you do. I want you guys, is this valuable to you guys to hear? I want you guys to hear how it comes out, and I want you guys to hear me make it up because you can apply it in your business right now. You also can apply it in your personal life. Most of the breakdowns in your relationships occur based on the way you said something. Yes, yes? Just the way you said it. It wasn't your heart. It wasn't your intention. It wasn't your level of love or care. It was just your language. That's it. Most of your relationships that have ended, ended prematurely. Because of the language. We haven't been trained how to speak with each other. We haven't been trained, so we're doing the best we can with what we have. And we've been taught dysfunctional systems, so we repeat, repeat dysfunctional systems. It's just what we do, it's all we have. Until you learn something new. Charles. My name is Charles Williams. I run, I'm the CEO and president of my own business. I, I'm in the real estate business. I provide housing to, I provide safe housing, and I provide commercial real estate space. Um, my tenant base, I provide them convenient, affordable, safe housing, and good communities with good school systems. I, for my commercial side, I provide good retail space in neighborhoods that they can be, become profitable business. I also provide coaching for those particular ones that decide to lease from me on the retail side. All right, I'm getting full. <laughs> You can hold that. <clears throat> so, as a result, place to start. As a result of the business you provide, the service you provide, how are your tenants better off? How are your businesses better off? My, Talk to them. My tenants are better off because the quality of housing that I provide allows them a better way of life, affordable. Well, start with that. Do you get that? Through, okay, first, I'm going to use you as an example, right? Because you raised your hand, right? You volunteer for this, right? Okay, so most of us are impressed with our titles. You the only one. If I only have you for four seconds, for a minute, for two minutes because you're a major investor, I'm not going to kill that time telling you my title. If I tell you something you want to hear enough, you're going to find me, right? Or I'm about to follow up with a business card. So I know that sounds crazy, but don't speak your role in the company. 
That's, that's the gravy. You want to give them the meat. If I only have you for 60 seconds, what am I going to give you? So, don't you start with your title. Okay. Because you do something valuable for customers. So start saying, I provide tenants with a safe space where they can grow and nourish and build positive families. I restore the family by allowing them to have a community in which they can grow in and call home. I create the same safe environment for businesses that want to become a part of a community and a neighborhood long term. Who do you know? And did you see the way I did all personal, all family, and then I did all business? I didn't jump back and forth, because then my head has to jump back and forth. Does that make sense? Did you hear what I said at the end? What was the question I asked? Who do you know? We get out there, we tap dance and tell about our business and we never make the request. I'm not comfortable making requests. Well, get out of business. Because you're about to put yourself out of business. If you can't make a request on your behalf, hello, 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 you want me to make a request on your behalf? I'm following your lead. Now, I got to tell you, that was the hardest lesson for me to learn. I did not want to sell me. But I wanted you to sell me. That didn't work. I hired several people to run my investor meetings, and they all failed. When I finally learned how to run investor meetings, I learned how to talk about term agreements and PPMs and ROIs. I, talked, I learned how to look at the business from a business perspective. And when I started running my investor meetings, and by the way, I came from a background where there was three things about money in my family. It's not enough. Don't ask me for any. Don't grow on trees. <laughs> so, anybody else like that? Yes, yes? Yes, yes. So I had to change my emotional relationship to money before I can even handle, do the investor meetings. When I started selling myself, I raised $532,000 in investor dollars. When I did it. So you have to be your first salesperson. Would you guys please give Charles a warm round of applause? Is that valuable for you? Yes, good. Good, good. Good, 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 good. So now, I want you to, I want you to look at my son, my loving son. A coach will affect you, and what I'm just doing now is, uh, is coaching. A coach will affect you in several ways. A coach will have you acknowledge the things you don't want to acknowledge, a part of what we're doing now. Oh, I'm not good at the language part. That's painful. When your coach is, I co in another life, I was an athlete. Another life. And my coach never tried to keep me comfortable. Because in comfort, you don't grow. So a coach is designed to have you acknowledge things you don't want to acknowledge, have you do the things you don't want to do so that you can be the person you say you want to be. So I'm saying that to say you've got to be willing to be made uncomfortable. You've got to put something in. My grandmother called it putting some skin in. You've got to be willing to put some skin in. Let someone tell you what to do and follow instructions. Find someone that you can trust. You know. I reached out to masters, and I learned from some masters. I want to tell you, these are the people, and I'm saying this because you want to go find the people. I learned from Susie Carter. I told you she started her business in her living room, and she sold it last year for $15 million, a speaking business, as a single mother of two little girls. Bonnie Solo is my literary agent, and she's got 95 different books to major publishers, created over 20 bestsellers, and have created over $25 million in revenue. And Bill Harris 
His company produces over $1 million a month. Because he's a sales guru. He just a, he, he can, I promise you he can sell you back your own shoes. He's just, but it's not that hard salesy kind of thing, the kind of thing that makes you say it. He just sells you based on your need. He just sells you based on your need. He, he asks enough questions to get clear on what you need. And he's teaching me. He taught me how to do that. And he came up with an idea. Now, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I mean, it almost made me mad it was so brilliant. He took those of us in the secret and had a conversation with us <coughs> and recorded it. He told us he was recording it. I'm going to record a conversation with him. And then he bought the phrase secret or secret or masters of the secret. That's what he bought. He bought teachers of the secret. He bought some. He just bought the words. The, whatever, whatever. The search engine. The, the, the search part. So that whenever someone said secret teachers, his thing popped up. And then he gave away a, a course, an online course with the masters in the, the secret. So he took all the key feature people, myself, Michael Beckwith, Jack Cantwell, the key people, and he said, get a free course from them as a gift from us. Now, in this interview he had with us, he went back and recorded on the front end. This is, some of you guys are going to walk away and do this. Hello, success leaves clues. On the front end of the interview, he introduced his company. Then on the back end of the interview, he said, if you want more work like this, go to da-da-da.com, right? On every course, he made $6 million in less than a year on our interviews. <laughs> I was like, Bill, you owe me dinner every night. He was like, fine, no problem. I mean, that kind of creative genius, you know what I mean? That's how when you make it, he was making tons of money while he was asleep. That was just one project. Now that project has grossed $12 million 18 months later. Automated money. Cha-ching. 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 And then the final person is Pete Bissonette. And Pete, um, Pete um, runs learning strategies, and he He's the master at developing multiple income streams and creating mailbox money. Pete is the person who set my system up so that when I was on Oprah, I could collect everybody's name that came to my website afterwards, and they got an automatic reply right when they joined my website that invited them to buy a $97 product for me called Ladies Can We Talk, a four CD series for women. And in eight months, without paying any attention to it, it made $285,000. Just like, they just got these systems in their head. So those are the people that I learned from. I went to them and asked for help. I want to get you inside the mindset of going to the people that are doing things and ask for help. Now, when, you're, when you learn from the masters and you allow them to pour into you, and when you become a student, and when you allow your conviction to match your compassion, when you then say, I want to make sure that I work hard, when you get up early and you go to bed late, when you humble yourself and say, teach me, when you allow yourself to be molded, when you are not only a student, but you're a teacher, when you're not only a teacher, you are a student. When you say it has to be done, 
no matter what. When you say it has to be done no matter what, when you put everything, when you're willing to risk it all to gain it all, when you're willing to be considered outrageous and crazy, when you're willing to walk by yourself for a little while, Hello? Yes, yes? When you're willing to allow the people around you to not see your vision. I'm going to say that again for someone. When you are okay with the people around you not sharing or seeing your vision. When you can stand up and say, maybe you don't see it because God gave it to me. When you are willing, when you are willing to look ridiculous, for the, for the sake of possibility, for the yeah. sake of hope. Yeah. When you're willing to humble yourself and apologize when you need to. When you're willing to risk it all, to gain it all. When you are willing. And only then will the universe begin to open up and agree with you. When you're willing to do something a little different so you can get something a little different, or when you're bold enough to do something outrageously different, to get something outrageously different. That's when things begin to happen. That's when you get up in the morning and you have to put on two seat belts to keep up with yourself. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. That's when you're not leaning forward, pursuing opportunity. You're leaning back, responding to what's coming to you. That's when you change the shift and the dynamic. You've changed the energy. You know, this is a major thing for me. Not, thank you, thank you. Being the, one of the teachers in The Secret, people thought that I would write a book called Laws of Attraction Beyond or The Secret Behind the Secret or something like that. But I couldn't. I had to write a book called No Matter What. Because long before I knew about the secret, I was operating the law of no matter what. Being raised in South Central Los Angeles, living between the Harlem Crip 30s and the rolling 60s, having three fights a week to get home from school, being considered academically challenged, not loving who I saw when I looked in the mirror. See, I had to live by no matter what. See, and you know, some of you and many of you in this room have lived a no matter what life, right? You've had a no matter what. You've had to say, no matter what. I'm doing this, no matter what. See, there were times where I knew that I had made a poor decision, but I had a right to be happy, no matter what. There were times where I knew that even though my family fell 100% under the poverty line, that I still had the right to experience financial abundance, no matter what. That even though I had made some poor decisions in relationships, that I had a right to healthy love, no matter what. Even though somebody lost 40 pounds and I found it, <laughs> I had a right to love every inch and every ounce, what? No matter what. That even though I had fallen down several times, that I still get to get back up, no matter what. So it was only fitting that I write a book entitled, No Matter What. Gotta tell my story. And I guess, you know, I'm that person in school that struggled. The last time I took an English class, I received a fail. 
But it wasn't the fail that rattled my cage, it was the fact that my English teacher told me, Miss Nichols, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. I'm not gonna send her a book. <laughs> She's gonna see it on the New York Times. They're selling this. <laughs> I'm not gonna send it. But I realized that some of the gifts that came in my life came wrapped in sandpaper. Some of the gifts that are in your life that are there to build your resiliency muscle, your integrity muscle, your tenacity muscle, some of your gifts have come wrapped in sandpaper. You can't build resiliency muscles and forgiveness muscles when everything is going great. You have nothing to forgive. You have nothing to make it through. It is only in the face of, of, of tragedy, only in the face of chaos and challenge that you understand the character of who you are. So you need to know you. So when something comes your way, it's just helping you to see who you are today. Make that okay. Bless it. Bless the experience and ask better questions. Many of you are not getting the answers you want from the universe because you're asking the wrong question. The quality of your answer is a direct reflection of the quality of your question. Ask a better question and you'll get a better answer. So let's just end the question, why me? Let's just make that a never, ever, ever, ever again ask question. Because when you ask the question, why me, you're going to get an answer. Right? So let me give you a better question to ask. What muscle in my character is being developed right now? You'll always get a better answer. You'll always get something you can use. You'll always get something that will help you stand on it, not in it. Because many of the answers you get, you're standing in it. You're not standing on them. They don't empower you. So I always ask the universe, OK, God, what muscle are you developing now? And I get an answer. Lisa, your humility muscle. Lisa, your patience muscle. When someone's getting on my last nerve, now I'm going to ask the question. I go, oh, my patience muscle is being developed. I want it to hurry up. Oh, that's not patient. So one of the things that I'm clear is that we grow together when we grow together. And I said to you earlier that I'm in a season now where I'm teaching, and I haven't been there. I haven't ever been there in my company because I didn't feel like I had done enough. Like, teach what? You need to do something, right? And now I'm at this place where a lot of people are emailing me. But within 72 hours of being on the Oprah show, I received 9,782 emails. Yes, I counted. <laughs> I didn't know when that was going to happen again, right? I'm keeping notes. And the number one question people asked was, um, can you coach me? Can you help me? Can you show me how to be successful as a woman, as an as a, as a African-American, as a single mom, as a whatever it was, or just help me be successful? And I didn't have anything for people. My answer was no, 9,000 times. And you know, sometimes when so you keep revisiting something, you realize that, OK, God, are you trying to show me something here? And I have to be still. And I prayed for about 90 days, just on the same prayer. What do you want me to do? What's this next season? Meanwhile, I'm getting calls from Larry King, from, from um, starting over, from extra. And I'm just trying to slow myself down. I, I, I ran away to Hawaii because it was crazy here. And, and the, it was crazy here with, with after Oprah. 
And I was in Costco the first day I got to Hawaii, and this six foot four, huge Samoan guy looks at me and goes, I saw you yesterday. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I was like, man, over here too. But what came clear to me was that it was time to teach and share some of the process and the journey. So that's what I'm willing to do. I got to tell you, I want to share this with you. I kept saying, I'm not going to share this. I'm not going to share this with them, but I have to share it with you. Um, when I was on Oprah, I'm going to pause because that feels good. <laughs> Gerilyn, can you help me, sweetie, and bring a chair up here? This woman who's bringing the chair up here is Dr. Gerilyn Agee. She was the coordinator and a contributor in Chicken Soup for the African American Soul. Would you guys give her some love? She, she, is, uh, she is writing a book now from tragic, tragedy, turning tears into triumph. Dr. Geraldine Agee. When I was on the Oprah Winfrey show, I had always envisioned before getting there that I would sit with Oprah. You know how many of you have already envisioned that conversation, right? Right? All the time. You know what you're going to say. Hey, girl, yeah, right? You know. I, guys, I don't know. Do you guys do that? No, you don't? Okay. We do. Okay. So, I envision my, myself having a conversation with her plenty of times, and this doesn't make any sense, so I'm asking you now, please don't judge me. Okay? Did you say yes? Okay, some of the things that you want to do don't make any sense. Me too. So, while I was on Oprah, in my mind, I leaned back and I'm talking to her. <clears throat> and while I'm talking, yeah, girl, I, I smell her leather on her couch. Because I just want to know what Oprah's leather smell like, her cream leather smell like. I know it's going to be the best leather. So I just want to know what it smells like. So while I'm talking to her, I just kind of go, Conspicuously, when she's not looking, right? So when I was called and asked to be on the Oprah Winfrey show, I thought, oh, I'm going to talk to Oprah. We're going to bond. And I'm going to smell her couch. <laughs> I don't know why. You know you get fixated on some stuff and it makes no sense. Y'all looking at me like. <clears throat> so I walk out. How many of you guys saw the show? OK, so you already know. I walk out, I'm like, oh, I'm sit on the couch. It was five stools. <laughs> like this, I was traumatized. I was like, what? <laughs> Where's the couch? <laughs> so I go and I sit on the stool, and I'm like, hell, oh, right, it was a great time. on stuff. you like a dog with a bone with gravy on it, right? <laughs> fixated. On the way out, I'm so fixated, I asked the stage manager, where's your... <laughs> I'm embarrassed to tell you all this. Where, where's your prop room? They was like, oh, we have another building. <clears throat> so I walked away having this phenomenal experience, but there was a little miss, a little void. I ask you, how many of you have so many wonderful things happening around you, but you get caught up on the small things. Raise your hands up high so you can see that you're up company. Look around if your hand is in the air. Just look around so that you can see that you're not what? Alone. So here I am on Oprah, and I'm mad about the cream of the couch, that it's not there. 
So after Oprah, I get a call from Telepictures. And they asked me to come in and they said, you know, we really like you. We saw you on Oprah. We saw you on Larry King. We saw you on Starting Over, whatever. And we like you. We want you to consider doing a talk, a talk show. And I said, okay. They said, design, you know, so we'll, we'll get back with you and we'll see, you know, how it works and whatever. So I went to Africa for a month. I came back. They had my studio design. <clears throat> and I walked into the studio. And it was nice. It was teal walls and wood and, and a wooden stage and circle stage. And it was wonderful. And I look up on the stage. And it's a cream leather couch. I go up on stage, I sit down, and the producer and manager and everything immediately, Miss Nichols, do you like this color? Miss Nichols, do you like this fabric? Miss Nichols, do you like this picture? Miss Nichols, do you like the font on your name? I said, excuse me. One moment. God, I'm so sorry. I, I was, I lost focus. And God spoke into my heart in that moment, and I want to share it with you, just in case it can be of value for you. God said, you've been steady, focusing, trying to get on Oprah's couch. And I've been trying to give you your own. to the Black Millionaire Summit, and Fran and her phenomenal team have done their best to bring to you the best of the best. And a part of you, a part of you says, yes, I can do it. And then there's that part of you that says, God, if I just had it like him, like her, and I am a living, breathing, Testament to no one can interfere with your blessing. No one can interfere with what's for you. No one could take that away. That when you lose sight and begin to look more over here, if you look at me, look at me as an instrument and a tool to get you to where you need to be. That's okay with me. Just let me know that I'm that. Just let me know that I'm that, and I'm okay with that. That so often, we're a culture of, and that's why all those shows with bling bling and sing sing, all the, they all work, because we're a, a culture of looking out and going, wow, what if? Well, here's what I love about this room, is that thousands and thousands of people were invited here today. Only you were ready to show up. <laughs> Only you. Only you were ready to show up. You know, they say, this is the program that I want to tell you, but they say that 2 to 3% of people learning new information will actually take action in their business, while the other 97 to 98% will work hard to not take action and still look good. 
That's just a fact. That's hard, huh? Ouch. The decision will always come back to you. It will always come back to you. You are the designer of your destiny. You are the author of your autobiography. That is your privilege and your right and your responsibility. So some of you, the last 25 chapters may not have had any what you wanted. And what happens is you spend the next two, three, ten chapters trying to erase what happened in chapter four. And I want to invite you to recognize that tomorrow is a blank page. And most of us are carbon copy, cut, paste, cut, paste. We're reliving old experiences through our conversation. Do you know that your body, your mind cannot tell, this is powerful, that when you speak of something, your body cannot tell if you're not really going through it again? Your body has the same physical reaction as if you were going through it again. What are you spending your mind time on? You wouldn't pick up a piece of rotten fruit and just bite into it. You wouldn't pick up a piece of molded meat and just bite into it. So with the same spirit, with the same commitment, feed yourself only healthy, good thoughts. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And I said, man, she deep. <laughs> so I have to tell you that, first of all, I've got gifts for you, but I have to tell you that when I decided to come here, my prayer was that I pour something into you. I wasn't about motivating you. I wanted to jar you a little bit. I wanted to move you soulfully. I wanted to look in your eyes as your sister friend and say that this space is available to all of us. The same way that our spirits and our prayers and our souls will step into the White House with our new presence. The same way we don't ever have to physically be there, but we all know our soul is there. You know that? With that same commitment and conviction, why not you? Why not you? Why not you? You're the best person for that role. You're the best person for that success. You've earned the right. Yes yes. Yes yes. yes, yes. yes, yes. No one can walk your journey the way you walked it. No one could have come through it with the, with the grace that you've come through. No one can deliver the message the way you can. And until you bring it to us, we will never have it. So it's not only a pleasure for you to do it, it's your responsibility to do it. You don't get off the hook. You were brought this far for a reason. For a reason. I would tell a story that there's a child somewhere right down on life support. He didn't weigh nine pounds, three ounces like my beautiful baby boy did. This child was born weighing one ounce, one pound, one ounce. And he's fighting for his life right now. That's the truth. And he's going to win the fight. And that child will grow up in 15 years and cross 
your path, I have a question for you. Not meant to keep you comfortable. How will you make that child's fight worthwhile? I was in Africa last year, and I said that. Because I like saying that. As a matter of fact, I like leaving you with it. I don't need rah-rahs on my way out. I want you to be like this, ooh. <laughs> I like that, because that's the kind of stuff that's going to get us going, right? So I said that in Africa, and this 13-year-old kid walked up to me. And he said, Miss Lisa, in his African accent, I weighed one pound when I was born. I had told that story for years, never meeting someone across my path. And he said, my daddy used to hold me in his hand and tell me to fight, fight on. He said, and I just want to tell you that you have made my fight worthwhile. Your life is bigger than you. Your life is not for you. You got caught up thinking it was about you. That's where you got it twisted. Your life is about those of us who you will save, inspire, encourage, and move because you said yes. Because you play big. Because you have the audacity to believe in something you couldn't see. You saved us. So I'm your sister in prosperity and in possibility. And as much as you want it, I want it for you. And if you're willing to do the work, I'm willing to do it with you. If you want to walk the journey, I'll make sure I walk by your side. Simply because I had been by my side that looked like me. So if you choose to play, I'm going to hang around and you say what, how, when, where.